Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got more touristic you here. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Cal's been captured. Met some weirdo locked up by the aliens that eat people. <laughs> uh, Hayden still has some crazy plan, and, and uh, you know, Maker took off with their ship. Uh, to make sure the Touristic U fleet did not get him. So let's just go ahead and start up again. Two missiles careened through the starfield towards the dervish. Maker punched it and went full speed towards the Touristic U E-34A destroyer. Maker belted out orders for Sid to fire at another 60X frigate coming from what would be the upward direction. He told the Birdman to drop a cluster bomb in the path of a swarm of fighters coming from the right. They did what they were told, and at the very last moment, Maker turned left and pelted the destroyer with his front cannon. The missiles exploded against the hull of the E-34A and sent it spinning out of control. Simultaneously, the cluster bombs exploded and shredded the fighters, and sent the others in various directions. The frigate had to alter its course to avoid smashing into the out-of-control destroyer. A battle cruiser loomed in ahead in front of them in the distance. The weapons all swiveled to point at the dervish, and it unleashed a volley that would bring a base to its knees. The rockets were shredded before they could reach their target. Maker used the distraction to alter their course again, and had a clear path from the battlefield to jump to faster than light speed. He hit the gas, as Hayden would occasionally say, and they blinked out of the battlefield. That's a third fleet to get the jump on us, Sid cried out. It's unusual, but not improbable, Maker said while he calculated their next course. The only way for the Touristicus to catch a ship as fast as theirs was to create an obstacle big enough to force them to drop out of P-year speeds, a cluster of boats in the right path, and they'd be forced to engage, while cruising at 500 P-years would get them to a destination faster than any ship in the galaxy, even at 1 P-year, 
a vessel had to stop if it detected an obstacle in its path. Since most of the space was empty, it was easy to chart a course of mostly straight lines and wide turns from one point to another. However, an uncharted asteroid field or a trap could set off the collision detectors and force the ship to stop. The unfortunate reality was that each time the Tristicus forced them to drop out of faster than light travel, the humans would push them to a region where there are more and more resources to mobilize at a moment's notice, thus increasing the likelihood of an encounter with another fleet. Eventually, the probability of them running into ships, no matter what direction they traveled, would be 100%. While they had advanced weapon systems and even a few black market upgrades Calet purchased when the money began flowing, they were no match against a Tristicu fleet. The probability of them encountering more vessels was getting higher each time they dropped into sublight speeds. This time, he took a risk and flew in a well-known direction with dense Turisticu patrols. He had planned to stop, turn the ship 90 degrees, and go again in a safer path, hopefully to push him out of the probability zone. When the collision detectors went off, he cursed and the color drained from Sid's face. They had run into a large cluster of Turisticu. However, after a quick scan of the vessels, Maker realized they were not part of the IF, but a decorated mining group from a private corporation. When the gas giants were stripped to the core, tugs full of ore were accompanied by private gunships to protect the hull during interstellar travel. The convoys were massive enough to trip the collision detectors if one were to counter them in deep space. From the looks of it, the convoy was stopped to repair a few of the tugs. Repair drones swarmed a few boats in the center. The gunships detected Maker and scrambled to intercept. He was no match for an IF fleet. He could handle the mercs, even though he's outnumbered. There are roughly 30 ships were older SRS-1 models, horrendous turning rate. Maker could fly circles around them. However, there was still a risk with their numbers, and it would be a hard fight. The advantage wasn't that he was in the superior ship against an inferior fleet, real edge was that he finally outwitted the Admiral, who had been parking fleets in every direction they turned. Even though the Turisticus would know where they had gone, the strategists in charge of predicting their next step would have to reforecast all the models and rearrange all the fleets. Maker needed to take the advantage of every second and jump again. However, the ships were too close and he'd have to engage. Maker counted his blessings that he wasn't here to steal Deckrand. Target the lead tug and send at everything you've got, Maker said. But but what about the gunships? Sid cried out in the Birdman squawked. Leave them to me. The ships met, and everything happened at once. Missiles and turret fire from the dervish blasted towards the tug. The gunships saw that he wasn't slowing down and spread out into a spherical firing pattern. Crafts pointed in every direction in hopes the dervish would fly into the path of fire, no matter which way it went. Maker veered off so the cloud of tugs would be behind them. A few of the gunships pelted the dervish, and they sustained some haul and shield damage. The missiles and weapons fire hit the lead tug, and the decorant exploded. It started a chain reaction in the convoy, and all the freighters went up. The gunships were hit by the shockwave and blown in every direction. Maker hit the accelerated and rode the shockwave out of the battle. Sid and the Birdman held on while they were thrust forward at a pace the microgravity generators had difficulty keeping up with, and the ship rumbled. As soon as they were clear enough to make the jump to faster than light speed, Maker left the decimated cargo fleet behind before the gunships would regroup. Sid turned to Maker. Remind me never to piss you off. I find anger to be an unproductive emotion. If I wanted you dead, you wouldn't know about it because you'd be dead. 
Maker said. He checked the damage report. Between the Dekrand explosion and the gunfire, they had taken a beating. He could have played it safe and fought his way out, but time was critical. He had moments to plot a course that would have the least likelihood of running into another trap. He programmed his best guess to the computer based on the direction of the Touristicus were heading and his current options. There were several turns, times the ship would stop, spin 90 or even 180 degrees and punch it again, and a few circular paths. Either way, it was erratic enough that Maker finally outsmarted the pursuers, and the IF lost sight of them. As soon as the likelihood of running into a Touristicue fleet was roughly the same as random circumstance, Maker stopped flying in circles around the galaxy and programmed a route back to Cal. While the Touristicues would probably not be watching the system anymore, because they had laid waste to anything interesting about it, it wasn't zero. Maker would park himself a reasonable distance away and scan with the long-range sensors before going further into the system. The last thing he needed was another chase right after stirring the hornet's nest. Either way, he hoped Cal could hold out until then. All right, rescue's coming. So yeah, if you're ever in a deep space chase, uh, don't let people park ships in front of you. Because when you're going at faster than light speeds, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, uh, on the science of faster than light speeds, I, I actually read somewhere that if you did have, you know, uh, something, a, a pretty small object, like a baseball or something, you know, traveling at faster than light speeds and it hit the Earth, it would probably blow up the Earth. Uh, <laughs> so as much as warp drive sounds fun, if it really were to happen, you probably need to park your vessel outside the solar system to be safe of not blowing up things when you stop. So <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, fun science. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, watch out for those uh, faster than light baseballs. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.